Well, Connor and Michaela, it is a pleasure to be talking to you both. Uh, Michaela, you work on our creative team. Yep. And Connor, you are our discipleship director. Connor, you've been on the podcast before. Yes. Michaela, this is your first time on the podcast. But the reason why I joined two different people from two different teams was to talk about something that everyone wants to talk about, and that is calendar planning. <laughs> Drum roll in effect. And uh, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Can you both quickly, uh, for those maybe who don't know what your roles are, tell them a little bit about what you do, and then that will help them understand why you're here having this conversation. Then we'll dive right in. Yeah, great. Um, Michaela, you can start. Go All for right, it. All right, cool. So yeah, I'm Michaela. I am the uh, executive director of Experience. And so what that means is I'm overseeing our communications and marketing team. And I work closely with the rest of the creative team as well, our uh, film production and worship. And so, yeah, I'm overseeing events, calendar planning, um, marketing efforts, that's email, social ads, uh, decor setup for events, all the things that you see um, is really what I touch. And a big part of my role is to manage the calendar for all the people who are involved in those things. Yes, that's a big task. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm the discipleship pastor. They just they just changed it. Now I'm a pastor. Oh, oh you've always been. A pastor. <laughs> I've always been a pastor, but it's now official I'm officially now. <laughs> a pastor, um, which means I help oversee all of our men's ministry, women's care, connections, outreach, um, prison ministry now, and. Um, I think I'm missing one, care. I think, I don't know if I said that, but yeah. And then other things like uh, our Bible reading plan, um, helping our campuses as they're engaging in ministry uh, in any of those spheres. So yeah. Very cool. Well, the topic of calendar planning is, as we were talking about ideas of what to talk about on the podcast, um, I thought about this because it's something that r really it came out of our calendar mm -hmm. Are we calling it a committee or? I've been calling it a committee because right. it feels fun and fancy. Yes. So we launched this calendar committee, essentially, <laughs> that helps us to create this calendar. As you can imagine, a church that is multi-campus, tons of events. We're we're an events church. Mm -hmm. And there's some churches that do no events and their lead pastor or their, their executive team has said, we're just not going to be an events church. We're not one of those churches. We do events all the time. We do conferences. We do housewide events, which housewide is just all campuses. We do campus-specific events. And so maybe for those listening, maybe they're in a different context. Maybe it's just one location or maybe it's they're in a department within their church. But I think we've all had this problem, which is this event was scheduled over this in our community, <laughs> or we have this event happening for the youth here, but we don't have enough rooms at our building. And so we have to do this other one at another location off site. Now you have parents driving from different locations. There's a lot of problems that can come up from being not very efficient or uh, smart with our calendar planning. And so I don't necessarily want us to talk today about here's how we calendar plan, because I know it looks so different for everyone in everyone's context. But as we're getting ready towards a new year, there's a lot of people that are starting to build out this, this calendar. And maybe there's some things that we've learned over the past several years of going through kind of, it gave us a clean slate with COVID to start kind of fresh with our event planning. And so would love to talk about that from a high level of calendar planning and what things you've learned. And so I'd love to ask both of you, what's maybe the coming out of COVID as we um, were getting back to it, what were some of the main pain points that we saw that maybe others could empathize with? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I can start and yeah, just say it. that it is very easy for your calendar to get hijacked by other people. Yes. And I think coming out of COVID or even during COVID too is like, okay, what are we all going to do um, to make it through this season? And so there was lots of new ideas coming out of that, lots of brainstorms, and so a lot of meetings on the calendar. And so I think that kind of continued on into our post-COVID, if we're calling that, um, world. And so I think what I've been learning is, you know, if you don't control your calendar, it's going to control you. And mine certainly has. And um, I'm a lot of what I'm going to say, too, is from Carrie Newhoff's book, uh, At Your Best. It Mm. is a great read. Um, It's very practical. It gives you a lot of great tips on how to manage your calendar and your time. But um, I think something he says in his book is that the people who um, you shouldn't be meeting with are most often taking up a majority of your time and those that you should be meeting with um, often aren't. And so for me, it's just keeping that in mind and being very aware of where I am, who I'm spending time with, um, what's on my calendar, what I can say no to, because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you actually have a lot more control over your calendar than you think you do. You see all these things on your calendar and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it through this week? But you have the power to say no to those things or delegate those things. And so really just having awareness of your calendar and um, how much energy, I guess, too, that's a big part of it is not just uh, monitoring your time, but also monitoring your energy. Um, But yeah, I would say just being aware of how people might be hijacking your calendar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, from like a ministry context or from an all church context, I think what we kind of learned in a difficult way is that a lot of times the same ministries will do events, but they won't talk to each other. Mm. And so a case in point was we actually had four men's events happening on the same Saturday (laughs) and nobody knew it. Mm. So we had four different men's events happening that were at all different campuses and they were trying to target all the men from the entire church. So it Got just it. Didn't. So they were saying to all the other campuses, come to our event. <laughs> right. So, so we had like competing. a purity event. We had a young adult men's event. We had a couple men's breakfast, but they were mm. all happening on the same Saturday. <laughs> Which one won? Uh, none all? of them. Oh, okay. They all were. Yeah. They, they That's all, the answer. They yeah. all were decently attended is sure. basically yeah, what yeah. ended up happening. Yeah. And so I think the important thing to learn is that you can do a lot of events, but make sure that the demographic you're reaching is not cannibalizing the other event. Sure. So if you do a men's event on a Saturday, you can do a women's event next Thursday mm-hmm. because they're two totally different demographics. You can do a young adult event on a Friday and then a kid's event next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just for us realizing, okay, when certain ministries are going to do events, let's make sure that the demographics they're reaching are not cannibalizing each other. Otherwise, we're going to have to spread these out a little bit farther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I, there's there's really two sides to this conversation because there's your personal calendar planning yep. and then there's your church calendar planning. But I think in a lot of ways, there are lessons we need to learn from both that we can apply to both. Yeah. And so you, obviously you talked about the the not cannibalizing things. But then on the other side, you have how do people think about their calendar? Do you guys think that in from a church standpoint or even from a personal standpoint, do you think people think about their week more or their or their month? Like what what do you think about when you're building out an event or because I know I know from a high level standpoint, we're thinking about maybe quarters or mm-hmm. or the whole year. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking about an individual situation, like there's times where we'll have an event every single Friday, but 
that's to different people in different communities. Have we have we thought about that really in mm-hmm. in how micro we're going to go when we think about somebody's personal calendar? Yeah, I mean, for me on the creative team, we have the project manager roles, and I would say those roles. So what those are for people who might not be aware is they are kind of the in-between between our ministry. So what Connor mentioned, the women's ministry, men's ministry, and then the creatives on our team. So the designers, filmmakers, that sort of thing. And I think their role is very much like what's going on this week and next week. They kind of have to stay very much in the present. Um, and then my role is to come in and be able to see it in a holistic mm-hmm. view and bring strategy and direction to those things and really to be able to connect everything as well. It's a lot of it too is on me to see a lot of what Connor is talking about of not um, cannibalizing. And I think like even to what you were saying, Connor, now we're getting to another layer of you know, the the young adults and the women's ministry, men's ministry, they're not necessarily overlapping, but then you have families. And how much is it? It's like, I'm at an event and then my husband is at an event and then we're not seeing each other. So now I think we're trying to get to this next layer of planning. Um, you know, how much time are we asking of people? Uh, so I guess to answer your question, it would be, I think it depends on the role. For me, it's definitely the quarterly, yearly, I have a calendar um, event sent out through next January. Um, but then the project managers, they're very much meeting with their ministries biweekly, monthly, some weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for us, you know, some of that is in s- staffing. But I think maybe for, for those listening, no matter what size of church, the answer is there should be somebody who has a high level view of yep. the calendar and there should be somebody who has a very tactical view. Because if it's if it's just the lead pastor or just the administrator's you know, role, they're going to bend towards their tendency, which is to look at the right. next two weeks or to look at the next two years. And maybe the lead pastor, again, broad brush here, but they're going to go, oh, no, we're fine. We're, we're only doing like 36 events in the whole year. <laughs> and you go, well, yeah, but seven of them are in a two-week span. And that's, you know, so thinking about it from that perspective, whether it's a volunteer, maybe it's somebody in the church that you say, I know that you're really gifted in this. Could you manage our calendar every month? And I'm going to manage it for the whole year, things like that. Yeah, great. Um, when you, going back a little bit to our personal calendar, you talked about the the meetings and you can say no. What are some things that you guys have learned in managing our time? We just released this, this new office culture here at River Valley. And basically the purpose of it is so that people are around and they're able to be meeting and there's certain times that we're meeting with people. But what are some things that you've learned over these past couple of years about managing your schedule in a way that can be most effective, that doesn't become really just meeting heavy or, you know, sometimes there's weeks where you're like, I have no meetings. And there's mm-hmm. other times where it's every single, you know, day or every single hour you have a meeting. What are some things you guys have learned in that? Yeah, I think one of the things for people who are maybe in a front-facing ministry role that is engaging with people in the community or in your congregation is whoever is the initiator gets to set the terms. And I think that's really important because if when I was a connections pastor, I was reaching out to a lot of new people, but I was the initiator, so I was asking them to set the terms. But when people were asking me, hey, I need to meet with you or I want to spend uh, time with you or I want to pick your brain, then I got to set the terms mm. because they were reaching out to me. So whoever is the one initiating has to wait and see what the terms of the meeting are. Because it sounds what, very official. <laughs> yeah, but I think it can be frustrating for people when they have a lot of people in the church reaching out to them and they say, 
oh, I'm available this time. And they go, nope, I'm not available then. So now you're asking me to meet, but now I have to bend to your schedule. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be the one reaching out, I need to bend. But if they're reaching out to me, they need to be more flexible with when we meet. Because like you said, otherwise there's going to be people that are going to drain your most efficient time or time that you could be doing more important. And again, I I use the term more important, but you know how it is. Mm -hmm. People reach out and it's like, I really don't need to take this meeting. I really don't need this a part of my week. We need to push this off. But we feel pressure from that person. And so we give in to whenever they want yeah. and on mm-hmm. their terms. Yeah, I think that's that's so good in 90% of situations. You know, there's the few that are the exception to, no, sometimes just being a pastor, yeah. you're going to have those situations. There's a where, crisis. Yeah. There's something yeah. like, absolutely. But for most of the time, we know those people who know we need to push this back a little bit or yeah. we need to, we, we can meet in a month from now. This is not that urgent. The other thing I think people do poorly at times, I, and when I say people, I mean me, <laughs> um, is we don't set a time for meetings, especially with connects, right? And, and now in some ways that feels like, oh, well, you're going to set a time on it, but it goes into valuing your time. Right. And so, Michaela, what are, you know, you, you talk about this idea of you can say no, mm-hmm. but how does that go into the value of your time? Obviously, yeah. you have the value of your time personally of how you feel your time is valuable. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of there's an organizational cost to your time as a staff member. Right. And then there's the opportunity cost as well. There's a lot of uh, routes you could go in terms of value. But how do you think about value? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> I would say as far as setting meetings go, I take a different approach based on what we're trying to achieve in that meeting. And, you know, like what Connor was saying is to, uh, if you're the one initiating it, which I'm setting most of the meetings, I try and have people um, come prepared beforehand. So we use a tool called Slack, which is just a direct messaging tool in our organization. And oftentimes before we head into a meeting, I'm going to send a message to the group and just say, hey, we have this connect today and here are the things that I would love to accomplish. And even then just getting into the room, setting those clear expectations as well so that we can make the time most valuable and most efficient um, is certainly one way I go about it. And then just the length of meeting time. So, you know, for a brainstorm, we're a very creative church and I love brainstorms. And I know a lot of people in our organization also love brainstorms as well. And we're trying to get more people into that flow as well outside of even just the creative team, but those will be longer meetings. That's about an hour and a half. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, Logan, we're setting some new culture things around here. And one of those was not to have a meeting longer than an hour and a half. And if it is, it better be uh, pretty important. So uh, that's about as long as a meeting would go. Um, But then I'm also like, don't shy away from a 15 minute connect or a 30 minute connect. I have uh, biweekly meetings with my direct reports and they're 30 minutes. I think we can establish that in a 30 minute timeframe. It doesn't necessarily have to be an hour. I think when people set meetings, it's just kind of the go-to is to set it for an hour, but I would just encourage people not to shy away from a 15-minute or 30-minute connect and then also just be prepared going into that meeting with clear goals and expectations of what you would like to leave with that meeting. Um, And then also it's great to just have a clear facilitator of those meetings. A lot of my goals, uh, a lot of my role in those meetings is just to keep things on track moving Mm -hmm. forward, uh, maybe taking notes uh, if it starts to feel long or, you know, I'm making eye contact with somebody else in the meeting, like, let's get this going and then I'll kind of step in and try yeah. to move it along. So I think having a role like that in meetings is so crucial. Otherwise, they can be quickly derailed. Yeah, we've all been in meetings where, you know, you walk in and someone goes, who's the who's leading this meeting? Right. You know, and it's it's sometimes a joke. But in, in reality, it's like, no, we, we probably should know that going yep. in before. Or what's the purpose 
of this meeting? We shouldn't be asking that question. And and obviously we're getting down into the weeds here, but I think many people find themselves there to where, okay, I'm in a meeting. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what how long the meeting's really going to go. So right. how do I plan for the rest of my day? Or we always schedule it for an hour, but it always goes long. And so one of the things that you mentioned there is we're you know, we've really encouraged people to do meetings, schedule meetings for 45 minutes or less mm-hmm. or an hour and a half. Right. And it kind of helps you distinguish to say, is this a meeting worthy of an hour and a half? And if it's not, then I I can do this in 45 minutes or less. Right. And the other thing that you mentioned, the 15 or 10 or 20 minute meetings, I think what's really helped me is to actually put those on my calendar because yes. a lot of people say, let's quick connect. Let's do even five minutes or let's let's connect 10 minutes. But you don't put it on your calendar because you don't feel like it's official enough to make it on your calendar. But what ends up what ends up happening is you don't connect. Right. Or you try to connect and then you miss each other or you do it and then you end up meeting for 45 minutes and it takes up a lot of your time. And so I think that those are great tips and hacks that are um, that we've seen to be beneficial here. And, and, and I also think people think, well, that's an organization of your size. You know, you have over a hundred staff and there's all these things happening. Well, do the same with people in your congregation, do the same in your nonprofit organization, whatever your, however you can apply it. We try to make sure that it's applicable to everyone. And I would just say real quick, I think a lot of internal meetings are hijacked by pleasantries. Yeah, that's true. We spend 15, 20, 30 minutes talking about how was your week? What oh, was yeah. this? Did you see this show? How's it going? How are you doing? How's your family? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about people, but when it's internal in the organization for our church, we could have a 45-minute meeting and spend 30 minutes not talking about anything and then feel rushed in the final 15. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I would say we probably have that bend more towards maybe there's other people who are listening who'd say that's not really my mm-hmm. bend. I, I think maybe the caveat I would put to that is you can do that even for however long you need to if you end on time. Right. And I think that's yeah. the difference be, because we're a relational business. There's got to be relationships. Mm-hmm. There's got to be things that are, hey, how are you doing? I heard about your, you know, your testimony or I heard about what we're praying for. And and there is a spiritual and personal component that is so deep, but then there's also a respect around time. And so I think you can have your cake and eat it too yeah. in a way if you do that, but you end the meeting on time because you can accomplish a lot in 10 minutes. Yep. If you're focused, right. but what usually happens is it's 30 minutes and then you go into a slow burn of the meeting versus, all right, we took 20 minutes to talk, but let's really get into this. We only have 25 minutes remaining. Yeah, I would say in a creative meeting too, um, the tone of the meeting going into it, you know, I think like for us, um, and I think this is probably for a lot of people too, not just creatives, but um, how the vibe of the room feels as you're starting a meeting. So if it is just like five minutes, I'm, I agree with you, Connor. I'm not like, don't spend 20 minutes talking talking about just whatever. But I think, you know, touch base with each other, have a couple laughs or whatever, you know, to set the tone. Otherwise it can feel very, I've noticed it can feel dry or people are feeling uninspired or aren't interacting with each other as much. So I think there is a healthy balance of, you know, coming in and and having it feel a little bit loose to start, but then getting right on track and making sure, like you said, you're going to end on time and accomplish your goals. Yeah. And I think that goes into the leader. It's the responsibility of the leader, the meeting or the manager, whoever put the meeting together to to feel that out and it, the, some of that is dangerous because there's some people that don't feel that very well we all know that person who you're like everyone in the room feels it except you that we need to start this meeting um, or maybe they showed up late and so they want to catch up on the pleasantries and everything but I think if you're the person that's initiated the meeting or is leading the meeting to have the emotional intelligence to say 
hey, we're, we're ready to go. Yep. I, I may even have to interrupt a conversation, God forbid, that is a great conversation, but I, hey, let's, let's talk about this afterwards. Let's jump into the meeting. I, I want us to shift maybe back towards the church calendar a little bit because we're, again, it's two sides of the conversation, our personal and, our, and the church. Yeah. Even though it may not apply to everybody, can we talk a little bit about what we do in terms of how we plan for, I mean, I don't know what we would say from an event standpoint. It's got to be 30, 30 plus events in our organization yeah. across the house. Um, but then you have, you know, things like youth every Wednesday and there's, you know, other things. We do youth plus now on Sundays and we've done, we do conferences and there, you know, there's all sorts of things that are happening. There's, there's core groups, there's sisterhood, there's Friday night events, there's marriage nights on Thursdays. <laughs> How do we organize this? And again, maybe it, it's not going to be super helpful or it may be very helpful, but can you guys talk about kind of, Michaela, you're in charge of owning it, mm -hmm. but Connor, a lot of those events end up coming from your ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can touch on more of the the house events. I feel like that maybe touches my world and you want to touch on the more ministry-driven events. But hmm, yeah, I mean, I would say we've gotten into a pretty good rhythm of meeting cadence. And I think there's a, a lot of importance in consistency, but also in change. And I think that uh, over the last year and a half, two years since COVID, we've really figured out our meeting cadence and it's been working really well for these big events. Those would be like Sparkle Women's Conference, River Valley Conference, um, Christmas, Easter, that type of thing. And when you thing. say meeting cadence, you're talking about planning meetings yep. for these events. Yep. yep. And yep, the planning meetings for those events, uh, more from a creative perspective, but also the ministries and that speaking into it as well. Um, what that looks like is we start out with a, a brainstorm or maybe even before that we hear vision. So like Pastor Becca, she'll share some of her vision for Sparkle to kick off the next Sparkle season. And then from there, we will do a brainstorm and take what Becca shared and, and, and work on it as a team. And then from there, we'll come back and do a creative pitch, we call it. That'll be like a couple weeks, a month later. Um, and each department, so production, worship, film, comm, uh, and design, will kind of pitch back what the our leading ideas came out of those brainstorms. And then over the span of two to six months or, or longer, we'll do creative check-ins and service planning meetings just as they feel necessary. They're on the calendar, but um, I'm, I more put them on there as placeholders as do we need these and do they need to move based on how we're feeling the event is going. And then as it gets closer, we'll do our media walkthrough, we call it. So it's where we run through all the content that's going to be on screens. Um, stage presenters will be on stage are there so they know how to come in and out of um, different things. But that's really the high level like rhythm of where we've landed with these meetings. And we've been doing this now for about a year and a half. And like the consistency is great because people know exactly what to expect going into those meetings. They know what a creative check-in is. They know what we're going to accomplish in service planning. So it's been really great for us. Mm -hmm. um, but also I I'm like, let's change because that's where growth happens. Sure. So even now I'm kind of reevaluating our creative check-ins and uh, we're one creative team now. So worship production, communications, film and design are all under one department where before production and worship were in their own area. But now we're trying to figure out different ways uh, to cut back on meetings is really what yeah. I'm trying to do. And so with that, finding other ways to do that with like monday.com, project management software, things like that. So I'm reevaluating how we've been planning these things. So consistency and change, I think are really important and have to work together. Yeah. From a high level standpoint, just because I know sometimes in these podcasts, we can share all these things and people go, wait, 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 what, what is that? What did you just say? <laughs> 
yes, we plan meetings out far or plan special events out far in advance. Yes. And so typically for us, it's it's about a year in advance. Yep. Um, but for other people, it doesn't have to be that. No. You know, maybe they're they can plan stuff a month in advance. But I I what I've really loved about that cadence, and I'm involved in a lot of those special events that we talk about, is it gives opportunity for people to speak into it first. And I think that's something that the the type A types are maybe can be have a tendency to miss those opportunities to let people who love to just speak into it brainstorm come up with ideas about what we should talk about and so that gives those people that opportunity but then it also creates a cadence for those people who really like the structure to know okay here's the here's the deadline i need to have this and so again i trying to apply this to as many churches as possible although not perfect is asking yourself how can I create an opportunity for people to speak into what I'm, what we're doing from an event standpoint? How can we create deadlines for people to do things? And then a key that we added recently, we've always done the media walkthrough, but now we do stage presenters yep. and everything. And it, it seems crazy that we didn't do this <laughs> now that we do it. But I think in church, we have this assumption that, oh, we know how to run a stage and we know how to pass mics around and we do this all the time. And what we found is, no, we don't. And sure, we can go up there and fake it, especially when you're by yourself, you can kind of go through this. But when you're with somebody else, you've got to know how to transition these moments. You've got to know what to say. And I'm sure preachers can say, yeah, we spend a lot of time on our sermons. Why don't we spend a little bit extra time on what our announcements are or what our, our special moments are? So those are, again, just unpacking that a little bit for those yeah, listening. One thing I would add too, just to have it be, I feel like this is applicable to really every church is, you know, we're all planning Christmas, for example. Mm -hmm. So Get the meeting on the calendar, whether that whether you feel like your church needs nine months in advance, six months, three months, start it somewhere and then it can kind of like be released from your mind because you don't have to think about it then until yeah. it's until that meeting comes up. And then also other people, they don't have to think it, about it until yeah. that comes up as well. So that would be one thing too I would encourage really everyone to do is yeah. get it on the calendar and then kind of free yourself from like, oh my gosh, I have to think about Christmas, it's coming. Um, but whatever whatever that looks like as yeah. far as how far in advance you would want to plan. Yeah, super helpful. Connor, can you talk about the other side of it? And again, bouncing back and forth of how we schedule then events for the events calendar of our church. Because we've talked a lot about the meetings that are required. And I think the highlight I'm seeing is events create meetings. <laughs> um, but do meetings create events though? Well, I sometimes. hope so. Oh, sometimes, <laughs> but they don't always. It's a math equation. For building out the calendar, as you talk to your teams, even there's other teams that are involved in Michaela, you can jump in here after as well. But what are things we're looking at as we're building out the calendar so that we don't miss opportunities for ministry, but we're also not too busy. There's a staff component or for many it's volunteer component. You yeah. know, for us, every event we do typically requires dozens of volunteers at minimum. Yep. And so thinking about that from a capacity standpoint, what are some things we've learned from scheduling out the church calendar as people are maybe looking into their 2023 and going, uh oh, I maybe need to make some changes. Yeah. Yeah, I think first of all, one of the things that we kind of establish is more of the ongoing ministry that we do. And you mentioned it with what we call core groups at our church. And then we have youth group for, you know, the teenagers and we have go core or kids ministry happening. And we really try to establish that as a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have core groups, we have sisterhood, that women's ministry, and then youth and kids. That's kind of the first half of the week 
is all of those things would be happening at some point during the week. So for our campuses, they don't get to choose youth and kids. Those are always Wednesdays, correct? Uh, kids is flexible, okay. I believe. Yep. So, so some youth campus- is always Wednesday night. That's the yeah. only one that is hard locked. But and that's all- just our culture, Minnesota yeah. culture, Wednesday night church. Yeah. Some places it's different around the country. Yeah, but- totally. Um, and so the other ministries really get flex, and that's a lot based on campus size and room availability. Sure. So some of our locations can do all of it in one night, and most of them have to split it up between, hey, we're going to do these ministries on Monday and these ministries on Tuesday, et cetera. So that's really how we establish the ongoing ministry is so that it's not so wide across the board mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, we do our sisterhood on Fridays and mm-hmm. we do ours on Mondays. No, we, we kind of have an established, hey, it's one of these three days. Yeah. And, one, one question on that. Yeah. So for people, this is kind of going down a little bit of a discipleship uh, tangent, but that's your area. Um what what amount of people are we talking about at these core groups? You know, we have a number, Alpha, Freedom, Explore. You know, there's a number of core groups in power now. Campus size to the amount of people in core groups, because that, that can be a difference. We haven't talked much about it, and maybe we won't get into it. With, we don't have much time left, but uh, we got to stay on time, meeting, right? <laughs> um, but h- how how you choose rooms based upon the number. You talked about some campuses have the capacity, you know, our Apple Valley campus has a number of rooms. They could run, you know, they probably could do every single event all on the same night. Um, I think they choose to do two nights. They actually do it all on the same night. It's all the same night. Yeah. Yeah. Is it it Monday or Tuesday? Uh, I believe it's Monday. Monday. So yeah. Um, But as far as people goes, core groups across our campuses, there's several thousand people across campuses but typically, like let's say a campus like a Woodbury campus that you know runs around 400, 450 people on a weekend, what does that look like for them? Yeah, I, I mean, I think a big a big part of it is how many people are coming. Sure, that's kind of the long and short of it. And so, so much of what we are trying to build with the precedent of the campus of how they structure their week is how many people are going to be a part of that. And so, part of it's kind of on the campus of like, oh, we only had ten people. Okay, so your campus of 450 and you only had 10 people sure. show up to this group. Or if they were to say, no, we had 75 people sign up. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest piece of it obviously is working with the ministry. Across the house, all of our core groups right now, we have over a thousand people involved. Sure. So, you know, it does kind of set a, a pretty strong precedent of these groups need to be happening consistently. They need mm-hmm. to happen on site for us. They need to have the proper space to be executed and the timing of it in in conjunction to how big the rest of yeah. their other groups are. Some of the campuses have really strong alpha ministries and not as strong freedom ministries sure. or not as strong explore, which is another one of our groups. So that that uh, that plays a role in it as well. So that's part of okay, there's there's ongoing ministries and then when we think about when adding an event, and maybe we'll land the plane here yeah. because this is where a lot of maybe problems <laughs> come up is we figured out how to do our weekly ministry, our women's group, our youth group. We figured all that out as a church. But then whenever we go to add an event on a Thursday or a Friday, it's <laughs> like we've, we've forgotten everything about everything. And then the midweek stuff gets messed up. What are, what are some things? Is there any boundaries we put in place for those? Can anybody do that? Obviously, budget is a huge thing. We've, we've had a lot of conversations <laughs> around that to say, we can't just put an event on the calendar if we don't have any yeah. money to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'll, I'll kind of bring this in two parts. The first part is we've really established that like Thursday is our event day 
uh, th that works well across the house. Um, we try to avoid Friday as much as possible, at least in, in our ministry, when we establish new events that Friday night, it's just really difficult. You know, it's people are done with Especially the work in week. the fall for us, like f high school football. Or yeah. I mean, like you that. got yeah. sports and all that kind of stuff. And so Thursday usually is a, is a good day. You know, we moved like marriage night, for instance, from a Friday to a Thursday. And when we did that the first time, it was our highest attended yeah. event we've ever done at the church. So there's some, some kind of practical things that we've learned. And then also Saturday mornings are usually a great time for more niche ministry, like a men's or a women's specifically. Um, so because, you know, oh, it's the weekend, parents are off of work, so they can watch, like one spouse can watch the kids while the other spouse goes to an event on a Saturday morning. Um, but the other thing that we've really learned that has been a lot, uh, that's been helpful in a multi-site context is instead of prescribing an event on a specific day for campuses, we've decided to give a little bit more autonomy in a range. So we'll say, hey, you need to do a marriage night between February 16th and March 16th. And so that really helps the campus understand what their cadence is, what when their people have flexibility, but it also has to align with the master calendar. You know, you can't just, oh, sorry, we had a men's breakfast, but we're going to put our marriage night on the same right. day. Like yeah. you can't, you don't have that freedom, but it does feel like they have a little bit more say into it, which is really helpful, especially too for campus buy-in. If you have multiple campuses, instead of saying, everybody's doing a marriage night on February 16th, and they go, well, I'm going to be out of town, or this yeah. is going to happen. So we, we've decided- but we still do that. Yeah, you know? we do. Yeah. We, we would say we're kind of moving in, in discipleship, at least, to a 50-50. Sure. So we'll do two events a year, basically, for marriage, for men's. I know women's does three, but we're we're kind of evaluating. You're talking about that. across all campuses on the same date. Yeah, but one of them is a flex, Got it. and one of them is a house aligned. Got it. Okay. So I'll use marriage night as an example. Next year in twenty three, marriage night in the winter is the flex. So you have February sixteenth to March sixteenth. That was a real example. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then in the fall, it's a date. It is a specific date, and everybody's participating at the same time. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Michaela, your last thoughts on this. And then, like I mentioned, got to land the plane. I think this is going to be our longest podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> talking about, much talking about <laughs> keeping meetings on time. I know we barely got started. Wow. But. Yeah. Um, I guess my one last thought that I wanted to touch on because this is a church and we're doing ministry is to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, I've found that in my day, you know, I'll have six meetings in a day. And um, if I'm trying to control that, control my time, control my meetings, control my day, I leave and I'm feeling completely drained and burnt out. But when I leave space for the Holy Spirit to guide those and use discernment and things, I could work a 12-hour day and feel energized. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think there is a, a difference when you're bringing, you know, start a meeting by praying. You know, if there's a meeting that you're, you can tell your team is feeling drained and tired on, okay, can we solve this over Slack? Yeah. Be willing to flex and change and pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Um, and I think you and the rest of your team are all going to feel mm -hmm. a lot better at the end of the day and the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I'd add to that is that we, you mentioned this at the beginning of the conversation, but you can always say no and, and plans can change. And I think yep. that's something that everyone needs to know, even yep. as as a church that wants to be structured and organized, 
plans can change, whether that be the Holy Spirit leading you, whether that be the reality of a situation in your community. You know, if if there was a natural disaster in your community, it's probably not the best idea to say, oh, we're we're doing this event, this event in our in the park that just got flooded or, you know, something like that. That one's more obvious. But I think there are emotional things. Hey, we're just we're not feeling like we can pull this event off with the budget that we have. We're going to hey, we're, we're pivoting. We're changing it or this event just doesn't feel like it's meeting a need anymore. We scheduled it six months ago, but we actually feel like we've accomplished the goals already. Yep. Let's take it off. Same thing with meetings. And so I think everyone around you sees it yep. and they're going to be appreciative to the leader or to the admin or coordinator, who, whoever was the one who had the guts to say, I don't think we need to meet or I don't think we need to do this event anymore. And everyone, oh, thank you so much. Right. Um, obviously, you don't want to have that attitude about everything or else you'd never do anything. <laughs> but trying to really be discerning on what are the right things to say yes to, what are the things we need to say no to, and ultimately, how can we do this so that we can reach more people? Because that, right. that's what we want to do. We right. want to yeah. reach more people. Yeah. We want to have more people's needs met. And we want to point more people to Jesus in what we do. And yeah. so obviously, those in ministry, they get that. But it's always a great reminder for us. Maybe we have to do a part two of this <laughs> at some time. Um, but Michaela yeah. Connor, thank you so much for your help on this. If there's any questions for them, feel free to email the network. Um, but I got to keep us on time when we're talking about being on time. Um, but thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.